colors. We're happy and we're singing and we're colored. Give me a high five. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy Flaw Seven Hundred, aka Flaw Claw Van Dam, aka Flaw Cigar. AKA your boy, dumb some good. Uh. I wish I knew the song so I could sing along, but I'm a young bull, so I don't know the song. So I just snap my fingers and act like I know the song. And tell them, <laughs> and tell them who you be. Hey everybody, this is Kayla. Um, yeah, it's Kayla Love. Everybody calls me Kayla, um, and I'm here. I'm happy to be back. Another month has flown by. Um, praise baby Jesus We're all still here And in good health How are you feeling? I'm good man This is episode 180 I do believe this is episode 180 Of the podcast Daniel, brothers man Almost Daniel. at 200 Yeah almost at 200 man Daniel. A milestone bow, bow, bow. When, yes, you, when you're on episode 180 You feel like other podcasters Grandparent Like, <laughs> like, like we, we, uh, You're my Son. Yeah. You're my son. You're my grandson. Yeah, I, like <laughs> you skip over being the parent. You're the grandparent. When you do 180 episodes close to 200, you now are like, yo, fam, I got gray hairs in this podcast business, man. You know, so. That's crazy because I, I think back to when I started recording with y'all, I think the first episode I was ever on was like 70 something. Yeah, I was thinking so, of a 70 something. Yeah, so I mean, y'all were well into this, you know, a year over when I came. I'm just like, damn, I've been rocking with y'all for a minute. Shout mm-hmm. out to y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I really don't think we hit our stride till like the hundredth episode because I was still trying to figure out audio. I remember I used to record and like without headphones. And I didn't know what the podcast would sound like until after it was done. And sometimes the audio was so horrible. Like I spent yeah. hours. I, well, what you trying mean? to clean it up. Wait, wait, wait. You agree with me? <laughs> it sounded like. No, I'm just saying. No, <laughs> I'm not agreeing with you. Well, well, wait. I didn't agree with you so harshly. But I, I do agree that the podcast has gotten better overall over time. But I can see how like, you know, you're not recording without the headphones. So you can't hear yourself. And then you go back to listen and you're like, fuck, yeah. how am I going to fix this? Yeah, it and was. Some weeks you can do it and other weeks you're like, you know what? We rocking out. <laughs> yeah. Like I spent hours, like I used to spend hours trying to level audio and, and, and like, what's that noise? I, it, it, there's noise in the background. There's static. There's crackling. You know, um, when you yeah. have certain guests and they just don't want to speak into the mic, no matter how many times you tell them. Yo, you gotta yeah. talk in front of the mic. Speak it to the mic. One of them. And I mean, y'all got the. Oh, this isn't the only podcast that had that issue with sound. I feel like everybody when they first start out, you know, you you work with what you got, whatever equipment, and then as you get into the game, and you know, new equipment comes out and advances in technology happen, then you're able to you know tweak things and get better. That's just that's anything. But I would yeah. say especially with with podcasts, and that's the game. So. As long as y'all don't sound like y'all did on episode one, <laughs> so, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well. Don't beat yourself up, kid. You're doing good. Oh You're no, not great. Not at all. I, I just wanted to, you know, what I mean, it's actually I was actually trying to celebrate 180, but you know, me personally, I'm my biggest critic. So when the longer I talk, the more I get into my bag of, hey man, I could have did this, that, and the third. I haven't learned 
how to just give myself a pat on the back and keep it moving. I'm going to figure that out eventually. Yeah, it's hard to do that, especially in a world where everybody's overly criticized. I feel like it's a thing at any moment you can do something and it goes viral and people are saying all types of crazy shit and you know, it's, it's weird. And you know, when you're constantly putting yourself out there, putting your content and stuff out there, you're subjecting it to the world. Mm. So at any moment, anybody could say anything crazy and you know, you, you, for the most part, you have thick skin, like whatever, fuck that person they're random. But, um, I mean, sometimes you can get feedback and it's like, damn, I mean, is it, is it constructive? It's, I think it's just a matter of either receiving it as constructive feedback or sometimes you got to weed out like what's constructive feedback and what's like just somebody just talking shit because they're a bot and they don't have anything else better to do. Um, but either way, it still could be a little, just the possibility of that even being a thing. It could be a little nerve wracking sometimes, you know, One of the, this uh... is the content and I'm sensitive about my shit. As as everyone should be, everyone should be sensitive mm-hmm. about their content, like dead ass. If you don't mm-hmm. care, like get out the business. Um, one of yeah. the things, though, when you do 180 episodes, 180 plus, because we've got some bonus episodes, excuse me, mixed in it too. It's eventually you run out of stuff, man. Like sometimes the stuff is golden. It's like, yo, this is great. And then sometimes you like, I got nothing to talk about this week. I don't want to sound repetitive and ain't nothing going on in the world. I mean, sometimes you just knock it out the park. So 180 episodes, getting closer to 200 during these times. Yeah, yeah, during these times, man. And also in June, we'll mark four years of podcasting for the Podcast Brothers, man. So that's pretty dope. Why do we got to be in quarantine, man? This is booty. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) Let me do that again. This June, coming up in June, we'll mark four years for the Podcast Brothers. We throw that in there. Yes, platform. Yes, round of applause. Round of applause. So, a great milestone. Ladies first, tell us how was your week? How is your mental health? I know you haven't been on in about a month, so if you want to talk about your month, go ahead. We got time. All righty. Um, I don't have too much. I mean, everybody knows what's going on, so it's not like I'm making moves like I normally do, which is a heartbreaker because. Your sis was booked and busy before COVID-19. But I've still continued to take advantage of the the downtime. Um, For now, I'm definitely blessed. I'm still employed full-time with my, you know, my nine-to-five job. So that's definitely a blessing. Um, Don't take that for granted at all. Um, I've been working on a couple businesses on the side that I eventually want to transition out of my nine to five into entrepreneurship. Um, and there were things that I was working on anyway, like way before since January, I've been working on things. Um, but I mean, obviously now that I have more time to focus and research and get things together, some of those things are actually coming to fruition. Um, so that's very, very exciting. Um, I've actually been immersing myself in a lot of like webinars and like free information. Um, One, because I'm just that type of person. I like to continue learning and I want to keep my mind sharp. I don't want to become lazy or stagnant, you know, during this time. It's a good balance to um, do your self care and be lazy, you know, a day or two out the week and 
you know, work in my pajamas or stuff like that, but I'm still making a conscious effort to still, you know, keep my mind going and doing self-education, both for like things that I'm just personally interested in, things related to my businesses, and then of course with work. Um, What else have I done? That's that's pretty much it. Still trying to adapt to working out at home. I miss the gym, Um, but I am really, I found um, a YouTube channel that I really like. And the workouts that the girl posts are like functional workouts. So it's not just like, oh, 10 push-ups, 10 sit-ups. It's like movements that mimic, you know, actual movements like in different sports and things right. like that. So I really enjoy that. Um, it's just been frustrating that, and I don't know if you noticed it, Flo, because I know, you know, you work out. Um, but Or you might have had the equipment already. But when I was like trying to go and find like heavier weights, like 15, 20 pound weights, they're all either sold out or they're high as hell. And it's so annoying because I want to like challenge myself more with heavier weights, but I can't (laughs) because a 15 pound weight is like $50 Mm. and I'm not spending that. So I've been making do with um, like five and 10 pound weights and I have like gallons of water and you know, you can get a, a lot of benefits from doing body weight exercises too. So just trying to not get any bigger than I was. So even if I maintain, I'm cool with that. Again, having that good balance, not being hard on myself. Like I'm just like, as long as I don't get any bigger, that's, I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, yeah, man, staying stuck or free. That's about it. Uh-huh, how, yeah. do you, how, was, <laughs> how was your week or how's your month? Well, you, you do week to week, but how was your week? Well, I don't actually own any weights. And now that I'm missing the gym, I wish I did. And everything sold out. I remember, I remember a few weeks ago, I went into Walmart to see if they had anything. Oh, and boy, they was cleaned out. So yes. Instagram and Facebook, I guess because I did order something. But my Instagram and Facebook is flooded with... Um, companies flooding my pages and my feeds with workout material so i recently purchased like some bands so Mm -hmm. i recently purchased some workout bands which is pretty good if you don't have individual dumbbells the workout bands are good so if you don't own any weights you know you can purchase some bands and they're not that expensive i forgot how much i paid for them but it wasn't like a crazy number but it's stuff that you can do at home and i'm working on it from home and it's not the same as the gym, you know, I'm losing a few gains. My head's getting a little bigger because the body's getting a little smaller. But it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is, though. I start my, I actually start my vegan lifestyle tomorrow. I know I said last week, but the food just came um, Friday. And it's like pre-made, uh, pre-made food that's frozen. All you got to do is either put it in the oven, microwave, or the skillet. But it's already made. I just got to, you know, heat it up some way, somehow. So I'll be doing that. Now, this week, ladies and gentlemen, was the week your boy was supposed to be a smoke-free weekend. I'm supposed to be in Vegas right now. So I can honestly say this is the first time COVID-19 has truly affected me in in, in a sense because I'm still working I'm still doing what I'm doing. I'm still podcasting. I'm an introvert. I don't mind being home, even though 
still be home too much. Like sometimes you just want to step on the porch and get some air. I do go outside to work out and then it's back in. Or sometimes I just like take a ride around a corner or something. Let me just go to a store. Let me go to um, Walmart or Walgreens just real quick, just to say I did. Also, you want to keep your car running. Like I think I let it sit for like a day or two. And when I went to turn the key, it kind of gave me a little stutter, but it worked. Mm-hmm. So don't let your car just sit. If you let it sit, you might run into some issues. So sometimes you just got to go out and start the car. But yeah, I'm supposed to be in Vegas right now, living my best life, enjoying it. No yeah. worries, no nothing. It would have been my first time in Vegas, my first time on that side of the country. And yeah, sorry, sorry to bring that up. And I completely forgot about that because I was getting the notifications about my flight too. Yeah. Like, oh, your flight to Las Vegas, and I'm like, bitch, why are you emailing me right now? Right. No, it's not. Why are you reminding me? Right. I forgot about that. Yeah. But I got Damn. some good news because I remember I was telling What's you the about the uh, the airlines giving me credit and not giving me my money back. Oh, they did. You got with them. But let me tell you what they did though. Let me tell you how they did Uh-oh. it. Oh, man, they think they're so slick. So they called me from a block number. Now, I, I picked up. Scam. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't know what to think. But they called me from a block number. And I don't really do those. But something told me, do it today. I picked it up. And it was this fast-talking wise guy on the other line talking about how he wanted to give me a voucher. And it's, and it's good up to a year. $50 voucher added on to the money I already spent and it's good up for a year. He talking fast. Now, he not giving me the option to get my money back. He's just talking about having me, you know, take this voucher and my money is good up to a year. So he just was like, okay, we're going to give you this voucher, you know, and I was telling him that the event that I was going to was canceled and it's pushed, but I don't know if the, if the event is still happening. So I won't need, I really won't need this um, credit because I might not be going to Vegas. Yeah, like the voucher or credit because he's trying to give me both. He's trying to tell me my credit is good for a year and the voucher. Oh, and then like another. Okay, yeah. yeah. He he tried to throw... They did the same thing. They gave my credit and the voucher. He tried to throw $50 on top of it, which I don't know what that would have did. Like, this trip is expensive, fam. The other airline that I was working with did the same with me. And I was like, whatever. Yeah, so... Basically, he was fast talking me and I was just like, OK, I guess if I can't cancel because I tried to cancel before and it was just like, no, nah, we're not doing that. So I thought, you know, I, I still couldn't do it. So he was like, listen, I'm, I got this voucher and I'm going to give you the confirmation. Hold tight. So when he came back, I was just like, so you're saying that I can't get a refund? He said, oh, that's what you want? I said, yeah, that's what I want. What do you mean? Is that what I want? Yeah, like you didn't even give me the option. I want a refund, pal. Give me my money back. Not pal. Yeah, pal. Listen, pal. <laughs> I want my money back. So he was like, okay, wait right there. And he wound up, we actually lost connection. He told me to hold, but of the course. phone, yeah. So I'm thinking he played me, like, because he already gave me the confirmation for the voucher. So I'm thinking he got off the phone quick because he didn't want to actually give me my money back. But a few seconds later, I got the email of the refund. And then they tried to jit me out of 300. So I had to hit the um, hotline through text and I was just like, hey, I want a refund. Yeah, where's my money? And they just was like, well, we just took care of you. I was just like, well, it's kind of short. And it was like, you know what? You're right. So they went and they um, got the money right. So they was really. So if you're not on your 
if you're not on your dean, they will try to get you for your money. Like they was really going to try to hold almost four hundred dollars from me off a of glitch. No, give me all my money now. If in July we're good and we can travel, I might want to go to Vegas. But it depends because there's a bunch of nuts who all might just want to happen to go to Vegas all at the same time. That's my big worry. Word. My big and worry is I everybody's going to want to travel, huh? I said word, and I, I agree with you. I was um, contemplating, because y'all y'all know I was talking to y'all about, I was going to do my little pop-up in Vegas, um, but then life happened. But I was thinking that I had the same trade of thought as you as far as if, you know, everything's good by July, I'm going to try to get back out there. But at the same time, like, the whole world is going to be trying to get everywhere. And I'm like, uh, and in Vegas, it'd be pools and clubs. And everybody be breathing each other's air. And I don't want to die from coronavirus. Yeah. So, I don't know. Going, going to Vegas as soon as the um the in-house situation is lifted is very risky. And I'm not trying to, you know, shit on smoke-free weekend. You know, if it's yeah, still in July, y'all go have a good time. Right. Yes, but, to but, all of y'all. Shout but, out to y'all. But for, for sure. me, I'm thinking, like, when you go to Vegas... Like you said, that's people on top of people. That's alcohol. That's that's all the above and everybody just wanting to have a good time. The coronavirus isn't going anywhere just because a ban is lifted. So, and even if everybody didn't travel, you're still going to put yourself at risk by going out. I get that. I'm just saying you would heighten the risk because everybody's going to want to go and have a good time. Why? Because we all just got off house arrest in a sense. So who's not, who's not going to want to go to Vegas? Who's not going to want to go to Miami? Everybody. I so, know. I want to say it. But so, it's, it's on my radar for sure to, to go to Vegas if everything's looking right. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I definitely hope everything works out again. Shout out to Paco and Penrose and, and Baylor and Jackie and all of them, um, you know, who's running a uh, smoke-free weekend. Definitely going to be a dope event regardless because dope people are running it. That's, so. a, that's a fact. Um, but I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared a little bit. Yeah. So speaking of being in the quarantine situations, man, I saw these I saw mm-hmm. these options floating around on social media. So let's start the podcast off with a little bit of fun. Why don't we pick your quarantine? Lighten up the mood. Yeah, yeah. Pick your quarantine house. I got six houses, so I'm going to break it down to you. Do you actually have the picture? Because um, I, I can read them all to you, but this is so many, I don't want you to forget them. But just, just let me know if you need me to. Yeah, don't. Um, I, of course, I gotta find it. Damn it, you caught me off guard. I'll read them to you. It. I'll read them to you. Okay, well, you read it for the listeners too. Okay, quarantine house one, Netflix and Hulu, heated blanket, comfy couch, endless snacks. That's house one. House two, port swing, whiskey, fire pit, fishing pond. That's house two. House three, home gym, protein shakes, view of the city, small dog. That's house three. House four, swimming pool, margaritas, master grill, big dog. House five, library, garden, coffee bar, fluffy cat. House six, hot tub, mountain view, Movie projector, wine cellar. Which one you picking, Flaw? 
Now, I know what y'all are thinking. Y'all thinking big flawed dog wants the home gym with the protein shakes. First off, you're judging me. You don't know my life, and you're wrong. For the simple fact is, and protein shakes are nasty. Huh? I said, and protein shakes are nasty. Nah, you gotta have this. Ban- Listen, fam. I got this vegan banana, um, banana nut. I think it is banana something protein shake, and woo wee, woo wee. Let me tell you, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta let you sample some of this. I can't even think of the name. Sounds like one of them Herbalife people. Want a sample? <laughs> Woo wee. Listen, you wouldn't even know it was a protein shake if I gave you a sample. Matter of fact, the next time we run into each other, I'm going to have some for you. I'm going to say, drink this. Yeah. And you're going to say, <laughs> I need that. Woo. Right. Go ask the drink. <laughs> wee. Now, I tasted, I tasted some crappy protein um, shakes. Yes, I have. But we not eating for the taste. We eating for the health. Or drinking. But for those that think that your boy is going to pick the home gym with the protein shakes, you're wrong. Because a view of the city and a small dog, a view of the city might be dope, but if we're in quarantine, uh, the city ain't popping. <laughs> so I got a view of the city to do what? Like no lights, nobody's out there, like just buildings, right? Because that's what a view of the city is, right? You get to see the atmosphere, but nothing's happening. So the view of the city don't mean nothing to me. And I don't care about no small dog fam. So only two out of the four I would actually enjoy. I'm not going to talk y'all to death and go through all of them. Um, I think it came down for me one to six. Netflix, Hulu, a heated blanket, a comfy couch, endless snacks. Now, I like three out of the four more than house three, which only like two out of the four. I just don't want to do endless snacks. You touched on this earlier, Kayla. I don't want to get bigger. I don't want to get sloppy. And that's what you'll do. Watching Netflix all day on the couch, heated blanket with endless snacks. You know how many spicy Doritos I'm going to eat? Do you know how many Oreo cookies I'm going to eat? Do you know how many baked cookies, warm joints that smush together I'm going to eat? I won't. I'm going to do hella ice cream. What? What? (laughs) I am not going to do that to myself. Ladies and gentlemen, your boy, Flaw 700, is going to go with House 6. A hot tub. First off, therapy, a therapy session, hot tub. I'm sitting in it, relaxing. My mind's all at ease. Long. All day long, I'm in that hot tub. You hear me? When I wake up, back in the hot tub. <laughs> like, come on, fam. A mountain view. That's cool. I don't mind staring at the earth and its beauty. Because whether it's popping outside or it's not, a mountain is a mountain. It's nothing going on. It's just something to look at. So it doesn't matter that we're in quarantine. It's a mountain. It's nothing you can do about it. A movie projector. So not only am I, I, am I in the hot tub enjoying life, I got the movie projector in the bathroom with me. So it didn't say where the movie projector was at. So I'm going to put this movie projector in the hot tub with me. Not Well, not in the hot tub, but in the bathroom with me or wherever my hot <laughs> tub is. In a wine cellar. Now, I'm not a wine guy, but beggars can't be choosy. At this time and age, I'm drinking whatever's in the crib. So I got wine, I got a hot tub, I got a movie projector, I got Mountain View. I'm going with House Six. Talk to me, killer. What you rolling with? That's not too shabby. I do like House Number Six as well. 
only thing with me is movie. Well, just because I have a movie projector doesn't mean I have to watch movies. I can watch anything because I'm not that much of a movie person. I'm the type to fall asleep <laughs> on <laughs> TV and movies. But so my favorite house is house number four because I already have two out of the four already. Margaritas. We got drinks on deck. Hard liquor. <laughs> mixers. <laughs> Beer and wine. We got it all in my house already. We were not playing around with that. Um, and Master Grill. Now, I don't have a huge Master Grill. We do have the cute little porch grill. But we've definitely been grilling and taking advantage of, like, the days that it was, you know, nicer um, and grilling. So, I already got two to four already. Um, but swimming pool, who doesn't want to have a swimming pool? I could just be, get my little, my flamingo floaty and get my laptop and just lay in the sun and do my work. And on my break, I can make sure my floaty has a little cup holder in there and sip my margarita and just enjoy life. If I want to get a workout in, I could swim a couple laps, you know, a little low impact workout Mm -hmm. situation. Um, And then a big dog. That's cool. As long as he's not too crazy. Um, I, I like dogs, but I'm kind of afraid of them. Um, but as long as he's not trying to lick my face every five minutes and he can protect us if something starts to go down, I'm cool mm-hmm. with that. I like how you so yeah, I like how you slipped the laptop in there. Ah, that wasn't even an option, but I'll let you live. Wait, you said what was the option? You slipped the laptop in there. Ain't no laptops in your house. Oh, there's no laptop. Oh, well, damn. My bad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm being in the pool drinking margaritas. Yeah, you're just in the pool with your margaritas. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yep. But that's one hell of a that's one hell of a day though. Like backyard, food's cooking on the grill, you're in the pool, margarita, that's life. So I feel you on that. That's life. But me right. and to think that that's people's lives like right now. <laughs> yeah, I so. seen when this whole quarantine thing started, I seen Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? He made a post in his pool telling people, stay home. Now, I hate when rich people tell other people to stay home when they have the whole outside in their home. Not everybody can go for right. a swim, Arnold. Not everybody has a bar, a grill, and all these options. Like, it's easy for so many people to stay home. Like, some people can play basketball still in their home. That's how big their house is. So, staying inside doesn't really affect everybody. But when you got people living on top of each other, when you got family members that don't get along, sometimes it's hard. I was watching the news earlier and this guy, he's from Philly and he just was like, he's walking around with his mask on and he saw numerous of times kids just playing basketball at the park. He had to walk up on them and was just like, listen, it's best that you're in the house. You know, it's like some people, they just either don't want to be in the house or they just don't understand how dangerous that it is out there. You know, like, listen, we want to yeah. go play basketball. We're going to the park, you know. Or sometimes people don't consider. And again, you know, we could be speaking from a place of privilege because another thing that a lot of people don't consider. What about people who are in unsafe living situations where like going to school and going to work was the safest thing for them to do right. so you got plenty of kids who are abused and, and neglected and stuff where you know who knows what's going on when they're in the house so 
they got a better chance of survival going outside and possibly catching coronavirus than being indoors with a, a possibly, you know, abusive or neglectful caretaker. That's a reality for a lot of kids and, you know, like young youth and young adults, even grown folks that a lot of people aren't taking into consideration. And, you know, when, when it comes to domestic violence and, you know, uh, intimate partner violence and all that, that it's something that's talked about. But there's still a lot of like taboo stuff that surrounds that. So people don't realize that a lot of us know people right now today who are in those type of situations, but we don't know because they don't say anything and they're able to hide it or, you know, they, they don't tell anybody. But I definitely and with people being forced to quote unquote stay inside, those living situations are, you know, magnified 10 times more so i mean it's literally survival of the fittest either i stay inside and get my ass beat twice as much or three times as much or i go outside and maybe maybe not catch coronavirus like that that's a that's an unfortunate reality for a lot of people and a lot more people than we realize that Um, that is a fact that is a fact uh um to where you know, going outside to play basketball or football or just going outside is an escape. You know, it's like, like you said, I would rather be outside battling Corona than be in the house taking verbal abuse because it don't have to be physical abuse. It can be verbal yeah, abuse. Yeah, I was going to say that too. A lot of mental health stuff that, again, of course, mental health is the whole big taboo thing that everybody's talking about, but no one wants to actually talk about. Um, you know, again, interaction with other people and not even just having to talk to other people, but just being outside, like sunlight, vitamin D, you know, those things truly make or break a lot of people's mental health state. And again, you're snatching that away from somebody that can drive somebody into a deep depression mm-hmm. or, you know, suicidal thoughts, suicidal ideation. And again, that's, that's something that is around us every single day and is prevalent in the black community. But, you know, mental health or mental, mental health topics have their own taboo anyway but then there's that additional layer of race and cultural you know taboo when it comes to talking about that and taking it serious um so it's like it's it's an unfortunate reality for um a lot more people than what we care to acknowledge um and but you know all of this is as they've been saying um you know for the past few weeks or months you know, dealing or living through this ordeal is exposing, not even exposing because it's already always been there, we already knew it, but even further highlighting, you know, the disparities between socioeconomic classes and race and ethnicity, yada, yada. So mm-hmm. um, it's scary. It really is scary. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's an eye opener. And um, mm-hmm. nobody was prepared for it. And it's actually just shedding shedding light on real real living life situations. Uh, we talked about this like two weeks ago, me and my brother Donovan, the CMOS boss. Shout out to Dono. And one of our topics was how domestic violence and divorce is up because you don't want to be home with your spouse. You know, people look forward. Like they, they'll get married, they'll have children, but they actually look forward to being away from home. They don't want to be home. Mm-hmm. You know, they're married for for the look, for the business, not for the love. They just, you know, being married is what you should do. 
But some people really need that gym session. You know what? Like, I need an hour or two to myself. You know, even when there wasn't a quarantine, you just needed time to yourself. And now it's that's actually harder to come by when you're just around, you know, it doesn't matter who you're around. It could be your own kids. Sometimes I just need a break. You know, uh, the kids are yelling, they're screaming, they're running. And you take opportunities to go to the gym or to go to work or to go to a friend's house or go have that Saturday evening with your friends to escape. But when you can't do that, you know, it just it, it just makes for a tough time for those that can't really handle it. Like I say, besides Smoke Free Weekend, I'm missing out. I don't have that problem. I really don't. And I'm blessed. Uh, but anything could change, you know, like uh, tomorrow, the money could run dry. And my job say, hey, we can't afford to keep people on. You know, unemployment can be like, listen, we don't got no more money. Anything's possible, depending on how longer we're in this. But some people are taking it to the streets. You know, there's prop, uh, protesters who feel <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, there's protesters who are being called the modern day Rosa Parks as they are protesting against injustice and loss of liberties. Now, these people, you know, I didn't even got to say who, but you know, like the Tea Party Republican type of people, right? These people. These people. <laughs> these people. You know, I I, I don't want. No, we ain't got to specify. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to call nobody out. Yeah. So. Those people over there. It's coming off to me as childish, though, right? First off, calling them Rosa Parks, like, some people just want to be a part of history so bad, but they don't want to be a part of history. I tell people that. Like, they want they want to shuck and jive around everything, but they don't really want to go through what people have gone through. They just want to attest To make them. history yeah, have really yeah, happened. Yeah. yeah, without going through it, they want to be a part of it. So they're calling a bunch of white folks Rosa Parks for standing up for what they believe in. Because it kind of reminds me of when, you know, you want to have conversations about guns or you want to have conversations about certain things. And you got people, their their conversation is, well, you can't tell me what to do, regardless if it's right or wrong. So there's an epidemic going out there in the world where a virus is, you know, getting people sick and killing, you know, people, right? And the best thing that we can do right now is stay quarantined. And we just had a conversation about how that might be so hard for some people. But that's the best solution we got because we don't have a vaccine yet, right? Correct? Correct. And we don't have a lot of testing sites. Correct? Correct. So the best thing that doctors, scientists, you name it, say we can do is social distance. Some people aren't having it. They're taken to the streets and they want to get back to normal life. Now, nothing has been said that, you know, these people that are taken to the streets aren't getting paid, have been laid off. They aren't making money. That isn't the issue. They just don't like people telling them what to do. They don't want to be home. In a sense, I get it. I see everybody's side. You, you can be the worst person in the world. I can see why you did stuff. That don't mean I agree with it. But Killer, what are your thoughts on the protesters taking to the streets? And might I add... President 45 is egging them on. Of course. Yeah. Um, on one hand, of course, let me just say them trying to equate themselves as the modern day world apart is a fucking nuisance. And 
one of the most disrespectful things they could ever come up with. Like, why y'all gotta bring black historical people into y'all crib? Like, why did you even have to mention Rosa Parks? Rosa Parks fighting for social injustice has nothing to do with virology <laughs> and right. disease. Like, two completely different things. But again, those people are idiots. Um, so they, they, they're dense. They don't even get that. Or if they do get it, they just don't care. And they're just a bunch of racist assholes. That's neither here nor there. But this whole, and I, I said it from the beginning when all this started, um, you know, in other countries, we're, we're fortunate or unfortunate, depending how you look at it, to be in a country where we have a lot of rights, you know, free speech, liberty for all, all that fly stuff. Um, but in a lot of other countries, they don't have that democracy. They're still under, uh, you know, communism or socialism or, I don't know, total, whatever the other one is, totalitarianism, um, where what the government said, what they said, and if you don't fall in line, you're getting locked up or killed <laughs> or fined. Um, for example, I have my cousin who lives in China, her and her husband, and their daughter, their one-year-old daughter, had been over there for six years. And we were always afraid and still fearful of them being there because, you know, culture shock, for one. Um, also, you know, my cousin's black. but And she's married to a white man. And then now they have this biracial child. And then here you are in a country on the other, literally the other side of the world where you are definitely a minority. So even before coronavirus, we were terrified. Um, but even now, you know, with, with everything going on, they they were on lockdown about a month or two before us. I think they started their lockdown like back in January. And I mean, China, I mean, besides the fact that that's where this virus emerged from, um, you know, China was on some stay all asses in the house. If you come out, you're getting fined or locked up. And that's that. There is no, oh, well, what about my rights and freedom and this and that? No, stay your ass in the house or you get locked up or fined, and that's it. Um, Americans, we're spoiled brats, and we want what we want, how we want it, when we want it. And if we don't get it, it's a violation, and it's preposterous, and all this philosophical stuff. And I mean, when it comes to other basic human rights, again, like I said, we're very fortunate to be in the country that we're in, so people aren't just getting slaughtered left and right for whatever. I don't know. But, um, again, like you mentioned in a time like this, where it's like, dog, there's this thing that's out here killing people and we don't know how we don't, you know, we haven't pinpointed exactly how or why. And enough people have already died. We're just trying to prevent even more people from dying. Like, can y'all relax? Yeah, and then you got all these privileged white folks. Oh, you can't tell me what to do. But then when right. y'all are the first ones to catch coronavirus, you want the government to pay for everything. Right. And it's and it's and it's kind of so, like it's selfish. Yeah, be being a selfish, spoiled country, a, a selfish, spoiled nation. It's like if you come up with the idea or a solution as to, hey, I have an idea as to how we can help each other out. You're always going to have that group of people that says, you can't tell me what to do. It's not that I'm trying to tell you what to do. It's I might have an idea on how we can stop this. And it's not just about Corona. These people would do. They will respond this way. If you gave them any idea that 
will go against their freedom. So they think, you know, like you're still free, but we're conditioned to be free in a sense because we're not free. We're just conditioned to be free. Yeah, we're definitely not. <laughs> and just like you said, with with China and so many other nations, what's the um nation? What's the country that the little uh Kim Jim Kim Kim runs? What's what's this? Korea? No, not Korea. Oh, that's like South Korea, I think, or North Korea. Didn't think, they have? Don't quote me. Didn't they have like the lowest number? Something oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, I think that was. I think so. Yeah, either North Korea, know, South Korea. But that's because they're very strict. Right. They, they don't know, have. You know. They know Kim don't play. Yeah. They they yep. know that. But over here, we got a bunch of adults who act like kids because you're you're a, a, you're a, a, you're suggesting that until we, um, you know, find a cure, a vaccine, or we get this thing under control, that, you know, you're telling me what to do when you're going against my rights. That's not what it's being said. It's like we just want to figure something out. God forbid an alien invasion happens and you got these numbskulls. They want to take their shotguns and their little BB guns because this is, this is why they have their weapons. Not all, not, not all. Don't get me wrong. Not all. But some people just really think they're patriotic and they really, really understand what America is really about. And they're going to die on that shield. Um, and me personally, like I say, I'm an introvert. I don't mind being home. But at the same time, a lot of this stuff hasn't hasn't really affected me personally. You know, I haven't had a family member get sick or die. Well, you know what? I think my son might have had the coronavirus months ago. He was fighting a, a temperature. A lot of people did. Yeah, he, he was fighting a temperature of like 104 that would not go away. And we took him to the doctors. The doctors didn't know. They were just like, it's just, he just, whatever. Like, I mean, if he's sick for longer than this period of time, bring him back. That's what they told us. You know, he fought yeah. it off. That happened to a lot of people, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that shit is crazy. But like you said, you know, people crying about their liberties and their freedom. But see, people have to, and the, and the government and whoever the powers are that be, you know, they, they play off of the general population's, like, ignorance and, you know, fear and lack of ability to fucking pay attention um, because, you know, they're not saying, I mean, some places have, depending on where you're at in the country, some places have been put, like, they're on lockdown or there are curfews or whatever. But, you know, when we're in each country or each state, or county, whatever, may define, like, quarantine and stuff differently. But it's like, you have to pay attention. What is going on in, you know, I'm in Philadelphia. What's going on in Trenton, New Jersey, is not necessarily what's going on in Philadelphia. So people are, like, watching the news, and they're so frazzled because they don't understand or know what's going on. So, and they're getting disabused of information, and being misinformed and then misinforming other people and it just becomes this whole cycle of wrong information. Um, so yeah, like, like with quarantine, yes, we're not supposed to just be out and about. First of all, there's nowhere to go anyway to be out like that, at least not in Pennsylvania. Um, but it's, they're not saying that we can't go outside. What's the point? If we can't go outside, why would they bring up social distancing? They're saying try not to minimize the time that you go outside and then if you do have to go outside follow these guidelines 
but people, I feel like just hearing the conversations that people have about, you know, wearing the mask and six feet and you're not supposed to be going anywhere and all that. And it's like, yes, we can still go. Yes, I can still go to the store. Yes, I can still run errands. But instead of going to the market every day after work to get food for the night, go once a week. You know, go every two weeks. Yeah, that's that's what they're that's what our country, or at least in Pennsylvania, because again, down in Florida, they didn't open up their beaches and doing all types of craziness. So I I don't care about Florida right now. I can't concern myself with what's going on everywhere else except for where I'm at. (laughs) And that's that's the problem. Nobody wants to do the, oh, what you about to say about Pennsylvania? No, I was just saying like that. I think you were about to talk about it, how people I think are so fixated on what's going on everywhere else. And it's like, stop concerning yourself and overwhelming yourself, getting upset about what people are doing in another part of the country, like focus on what's going on in your state, your County, your city, your neighborhood. Um, because again, I feel like the government is relying on people to continuously be in fear or be misinformed to, to keep people doing whatever the heck they're doing. People are all over the place. It's like the people who are paranoid and every time I go to Walmart or go to the market, you're being chastised. But then you got the people who are now sitting on South Beach right now in the middle of a pandemic. So it's um, the learning curve in the United States is a very interesting, very steep curve. Um, but I mean, you just, you just got to do what works for you. I, at the end of the day. Be I, think, smart. I think that, well, first off, yeah, they watch too much news and, that's where they're getting information from. Cause at first when the coronavirus did not discriminate against race, which it doesn't, but it's happened to be attacking African Americans for a reason. Um, cause like a week we talked about, I don't know if we talked about pre podcast. Cause we had like a 30 minute conversation before we actually hit record, but we talked about how, you know, some black people don't have insurance. Some black people are actually homeless. They don't have jobs. They don't, they just don't have the, you know, the means to, go get tested and go get cured. So of course they're going to, you know, pass away from this because you know, who, who knows how they're eating and who knows how they're living. So yeah, with that being said, too. so mm-hmm. with that being said, when you watch that and you go, Oh, so listen, only black people are really dying from this. Now the white people want to come out and live because they think that it only affects black people. Why? Because the news didn't say that, but it said that. But if you're actually listening to the news, you kind of understand why. Because this was that situation where they brought up Chicago, where Chicago only makes up 30% of the population, but more black people are dying from COVID than any other race. Why? Why do you think? How do you think black people in Chicago live? Poor. Like right. other, other neighborhoods. And... It's going to hit poor neighborhoods, but it's going to affect everybody. You understand what I'm saying? But if you don't have testing, medicine, uh, if you're not taking care of your body, if you're not eating right, if you're not taking care of your immune system, like there's ways to fight it. I'm not saying that, okay, taking something for your immune system will beat it. I'm saying that you can fight it. If you're not doing any of that, then of course you might fall victim to COVID-19. So when they watch the news, all of this happened after the news hit, because at first it was, man, everybody's getting it. Stay home. You didn't hear nothing about nobody protesting. 
Now that they think this is only an African-American disease or sickness, oh, we want to go outside. We want to we we protest. Where are you going to go? Well, it's not that. Well, it's not that. It's not that they're saying it's an African-American disease. It's just now they're realizing that it's affecting us more than other populations. But, I mean, that's literally with every health condition. That's not what like, I was saying. I was saying when they watch the news, that's what they think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cause okay. All I they heard I was yeah. All, all they black people are getting it more than everybody else. So yeah. Oh, it's a black disease now. So I, they took I it as oh, we're good. Let's go out. We want to go out. Like no, it that's that's not what they were saying. But in their minds, because once again, the news controls a lot of people's reality of what they see in the world. Like they don't really know what's going on in the world. Only thing they know is well, Florida opened their beach and black people are only catching a corona. Let's go out and party. Let's go out and boogaloo. I'm telling you, that's just my thoughts. That's just my opinion. But I think that once the news hit and told everybody that African-Americans are falling victim to the COVID-19 for reasons that they really didn't get into, they just put it on race, they think that they're free. But where are they going to go, though? Because, you know, the coronavirus lives on furniture. It just it just lives everywhere. You can't go sit nowhere. You can't party nowhere. But hey, enjoy your lives. It's in the air. It's everywhere. Like we we wear a mask. It can get through the mask. You got to wash the mask every day. You got to sanitize your phones. It's fam. It's here, fam. You can't, you can't escape it. I say at a certain point, and I mean, it sounds harsh, but I just apply this theory more so to people who are being the rebellious, I'm going to do what I want or I'm going to go outside, whatever. Survival of the fittest. Like, what is it? I think that's Darwinism or something. Survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. Whoever's immune system is the strongest, they'll survive. All these dummies want to go and fight for their rights and be on the beach and all that. Good luck. Good luck to you and your families. Um, it's just unfortunate because with that, there could be a lot of innocent people caught in that crossfire. And it might not be the dumbass who went to the beach who get sick from Corona and passes away, but it could be the person they walk past in the supermarket or the person that comes behind them in the store and touches the doorknob or their parents or their child, you know? So that, that's what's unfortunate, very unfortunate. And I feel like that's what's happening more with cases. Um, then because, you know, they, they bring up people like being asymptomatic and all that too. Um, so that's a, that's another scary aspect of it, but another I think another thing, and again, the media, the news continues to play into it, is playing off of people's like emotions and hysteria over this because I I see it every day, all day long. Again, the reports of other cities and what's going on there, and you know. Even in our own cities, people being outside doing whatever, and people have these long think pieces of how stupid people are for being outside, and we're going to be in quarantine forever, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like we mentioned before earlier in the show, you have no reason, you have no idea why that person is outside, whether they want to be outside or not. Um, and it's like, why are you so mad? <laughs> At a certain point. Grown people need to realize, just focus on what is helping and keeping you and your family safe. 
mm. going online and soliciting your unsolicited advice that no one asked you for and calling people stupid and going on these long tangents. And like I said, now, now everybody wants to be an epidemiologist, a virologist. Now everybody understands public health policy and, and wants to go on and try to educate people for shit that they don't know anything about. And their source is Fox News or, or <laughs> yeah. TMZ. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, but the government, the news outlets, they continue to play on that emotional, that hyper-emotional activity that, that's going on right now. Um, I think, but on the flip side, it is important to stay informed and know what's going on. Um, it's just a matter of finding one, keeping your emotions in check because yes, it's scary, but at the same time, get a fucking grip. Um, but it's important to have reputable sources to get like accurate medical and social information about what's going on with, with the coronavirus. Um, not only locally, but, you know, nationally, internationally, if you care, whatever. Um, and I, I actually had to do that for my job. Um, I had to, you know, create a presentation about um, people who live in H- with HIV and, excuse me, living with HIV during this pandemic. Um, and so a part of my presentation um, was like, you know, here are a list of reputable sources that you can use to keep up with what's going on. And there's no, you know, there's no bias. There's no political bias. It's just, these are the facts. And I think, and unfortunately, not enough people pay attention to that information. They just watch the news or repost, retweet, whatever they see on Twitter and Instagram and, and Facebook. and it's just, it's just so much ignorance. It's just so much ignorance. And me being a public health professional, it's just like, child, when does the madness end? Never. When does it end? It, it's just gonna, right. it's it just always going to add on top of everything. But we can uh, switch gears real quick. I saw yeah. this uh, uh, conversation being had on Twitter, and I thought that it could make for like a, a dope conversation because I get tired of certain questions being asked, and I'm going to get to it in a bit. But do you ever stop loving someone? You know, that question was asked and it, it actually just, you know, the, the conversation that was being had was pretty much interesting. Me, I get so tired of people giving you that ultimatum of would you drink acid or take your ex back? Would you go to jail or take your ex back? Now, maybe I ain't living. I don't know. But I can't think of anything like I, I can't think of how bad an ex can be when up against going to, to jail. Who wants to give up their freedom? Now, if you're right. in a crazy uh, like situation, domestic violence, whatever, like if you're like really being like abused sexually, things of that nature, you know, I'm not talking about them because that's not even a game to play with. Anybody who's asking these questions, anybody that's bringing these type of topics to social media should not be including harsh livings such as that. Cause yeah. if, cause if you can bring it up, that means you ain't really been through nothing. If that's something you can talk about. So if, if, if you're right. one of the ones talking about, Hey, would you take your ex back or would you go to jail, go to prison, spend 30 days in jail? If you can joke about it to me, I think that you're not really talking about 
the extreme conditions of a bad relationship. I just think you're talking about, I'm over this person. I don't like him no more, blah, blah, blah. But what, mm -hmm. why in the world is that even an option? I am not giving up my freedom. I'm going back to my ex. But like I said with the original question, uh, Killer, do you ever stop loving someone? Um, I feel like if, if, if the love is there, you never stop loving somebody. You can stop. You can no longer be in love with someone, but you can care about their well-being mm -hmm. and their safety and their life. Um, I just think if anything, the type of love that you have for somebody changes. Um, I can speak personally where, you know, I was with somebody at one time and I mean, the relationship was trash in mm. aspect of like, I had no, we, we had no business being together. Um, but you know, when I was with him, it was, you know, I'm in love, you know, ride or die, do whatever, down for whatever. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sexually attracted to you. Um, I think about you all day, every day. Everything reminds me of you. Um, you know, when we break up, I'm heartbroken. And it's, you know, first it's the, oh, I'm so sad. Oh, this hurt. Then it turns into the, I fucking hate him. He's terrible. He's the scum of the earth. And then once you move past that, it's like, you know, I, I've gone through my emotional nonsense. I'm over it now. Um, I don't wish, you know, any harm or you know, anything bad towards you, um, I still care. Again, I care about your life. I care about your well-being. If something is now, if you need $20 or something stupid, don't call my phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if it's something, you know, like real serious or you, you really need advice, you really need to listen to ear, then yeah, I think, I, I definitely think it's still possible to love someone and care about them. But it's like, the, the type of love changes. Yeah, I, I was going to say that too. It's like the, the form of love changes. Like it goes from caring. Like I still care about this person. And I think that mm -hmm. we're all entitled to that window of of bitterness. Like depends on what they did. Like you get that window of I can't stand this person right now. But over time, you realize you still care. You still want to see this person do yeah. good. You still want to see that person win. Win. Um, depending on how much time passed, if you know your ex and a few years pass and you're still like, I hate him or her, that's really you. Like, <laughs> uh, well, that's what, right? Especially it, if they're not like saying anything to you, right? Yeah, yeah. If it's just you know, every time you see that person, it pisses you off, but you yeah. haven't seen that person in like six months. The sight, you know what I yeah, mean? The sight of that person just does something to you, and y'all, because y'all are separated, y'all, y'all, y'all aren't going through the same friction that you once had. Now, when there's kids involved, I get it. But once again, that's that's, that's definitely yeah. different. But that also can go to one of the two still being bitter. Like, listen, we're not together no more. And let's so let's co-parent, which I find that so yeah. hard for people not to do. And I think that people don't do it is because they're still bitter because the relationship didn't work most times, depending mm -hmm. on what the, why the relationship ended. So I think that there's always still going to be love there. But when you're bitter, you're still mad. It kind of overshadows the love. You still love because if something was to happen to your ex, you know, you would feel some type of way at the funeral or, or, or when you got the news. But you were too busy being bitter and upset about an old situation that you let it cloud you. That did not mean that you did not love that person. So I think that you yeah. always continue to love. I just think that 
it gets overshadowed by once again the stupid ultimatum that they give us on social media. Would you do thirty days in prison or take your ex back? Would you drink acid or take your ex back? Would you like? There's so many. I'd be like, yo, fam, like your ex. It wasn't that bad, was it? And it yeah, should, it and should. I'm like, why are you comparing that? Yeah. Why are you comparing acid to a relationship? That's crazy. Well, acid is a bit much because you're not coming back if you drink acid. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Right. Because you're not coming back for that. You you drink some acid, your insides is gone, pal. So uh, maybe I, right. I just pal. Yeah, pal. <laughs> maybe I, I, I overstepped by, you know what I'm saying, acid. But I have seen posts where they say, hey, take your ex back or spend 30 days in prison. Uh, take your ex back or, you know, all these situations happen. Like, look at it always, sometimes, not always, but look at it, look at things as a learning curve, man. That person was meant to be a part of your life so you can learn something. Now, if you ain't learned nothing, that's on you. Like, your, right, ex isn't, sure. your ex isn't the worst thing in the world. Sometimes it can be a blessing in disguise and help you on to the uh, next level in your life. Anything yeah. you like, and to I always add? say, if, if it didn't kill you, it made you stronger. It's supposed to. So, it's supposed to. Right? Yeah. You, you're supposed to move on stronger from that. But depending on the age and things like that. But like I said, we're not talking about nothing too extreme in your relationship. But if you just had a failed relationship, um, you know, regardless, it, it could be cheating, it could be anything. Once you're out, you did all you can do. Take your time to mm. like. You have a window to be upset. You do. But once that window is over, man, like be be mature. And because you still got love for that person because you once loved this person. You once did. Right. So. Yeah. Oh. If the love was real, then you'll always have love for that person. You'll yeah. always care about that person. Um, but, yeah. So the love just I changes think. to something else, whether it be you care, or whether mm. you just want to love somebody from a distance, feed them with a stick. Regardless, you still yeah. care for that person. So. We're, we're recording this episode on a Sunday night and it'll be released Monday morning. But tonight is the premiere of the Chicago Bulls documentary, 10 part documentary. And um, so I wanted to pay tribute to that with this question that I seen floating around on social media as well. Um, so here it is. You're offered five million dollars. This is our would you rather segment. You're offered $5 million to score against Michael Jordan one-on-one. You're given 10 chances, and this is MJ in his prime. If you fail, you won't be able to hear music ever again. Would you lace up the uh, Jordans, Kayla? Talk to me. $5 million, you get 10 choices. Absolutely not, because I would never (laughs) play myself. (laughs) I would never play myself. Never, ever. You personally wouldn't. You don't believe in your abilities? I, not against MJ and his prime. Hell mm. no. I would never play myself. I stay in my lane. And having a shootout against one of the best to ever do it is not my lane. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I would I would never play myself. Never. I'm going to say this. Podcast is taking over the world. So I'm going to take MJ up on his offer. And if I lose... I'll just listen to podcasts. I don't got to listen to music again. But I'll say this. <laughs> Michael Jordan played in the era where the Hall of Famers didn't play at his position. Position. You know, we had power forwards and we had centers. Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewan, Akeem Olajuwon. Um, you know, nobody was really at the two guard 
that was at Jordan's level. Now, Jordan is the GOAT, so I know you're saying at his level is impossible, but still, you know, like there was no Kobe, there was no LeBron, there was no Wade, there was no Melo. Like these guys actually played in the same era. It was just Jordan. That's not taken away from his accolades. He's still great. He just was ahead of his time. You know, like Magic Johnson didn't play the same position as Jordan. Larry Bird didn't play the same position as Jordan. Isaiah Thomas didn't play. You get what I'm saying? So the people that yeah, Jordan... Yeah, he had no up, competition. Well, yeah, you said it, not me. So <laughs> with that being said, the people at Jordan's position weren't up to his level, but they probably still got a bucket or two off on him. And I'm saying that I can yeah. too, just because. Give me 10 opportunities. I'm going to figure it out because I need that $5 million, Kayla. <laughs> I give, need, me give me 10 tries. Give me 10 tries. And I promise you, I will try my best to figure it out and not listen to music. Well, first off, I've heard the best of music. Anything going forward ain't going to be too good for me. I'll be honest. I'm one of them old heads now. Right, where, yeah, I'm one of them old heads where I'm like, listen, the music that I like, it ain't being made no more. My The guys that I like, the, the rappers that I like, the singers that I like, they're not making the same type of music no more. We're not making baby making music no more. R and B rappers is like fuck bitches now. Like, come on, fam. I thought that I thought you guys supposed to be spreading the word of love towards you know women and and women and men and all whatever. Like, m- women make songs now where they talk about you know what I mean how hurt how hurt they are. And even though that's always been the thing, but you just hear more of that now. You don't really hear love songs. There's no love songs coming from nobody. So what Look, now you got girls talk about some, I want me a scamming nigga and, you know, ask me from the back and I don't care and I'm done and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, of course, that's, that's been a thing low key anyway yeah. with, with music, but that's definitely more of like women empowerment and that raw, edgy. Like, I, I think it was a cycle. I feel like, you know, the little kid, Foxy Brown, that what was that early early 90s that was like a, a movement for a couple of years and then it kind of died down um but i i feel like that's it's you know there's nothing new under the sun everything goes in a cycle now was definitely the time you know hot girl summer and all that that is definitely like a theme a running theme now um, yeah, so, I always believe in balance. Yeah. Like, there's no balance, so everybody's doing the same thing because it pays the bills. So. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm trying my best to understand a lot of what the youth is doing, you know, uh, it's still like you know, it, it, it is what it is. Like this is the music that we're in. So if you're telling me that I can no longer listen to this music, I don't think I have a problem with it because once again, I've already heard the best of the best. So. um before we get up out of here, man, I actually got to fuck is you doing? I actually what? do. Yeah, I do. I do. I was like, just in case, I might need it. So you know what? Let me bless you with the sounds of JJ Icefish real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is go. This goes out to two high schoolers in Georgia. Georgia high school students expelled after racist TikTok video goes viral. Two high school seniors 
at a high school in Georgia were expelled on Friday after a racist TikTok they made went viral. They would not be allowed to graduate with nearly a month left to go in the school year. <sighs> Idiots. According to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the video was shared on Thursday evening by a Twitter user named Camden. The video shows the students calling black people the N-word and joking about how black people like to eat fried chicken and watermelon. Woo! Are those jokes original? Mm-mm-mm. They just don't... <laughs> like, they, they... Yeah, like, woo! So, um... So primitive. Yeah. Like, so the video... Up. So the video went viral on social media and um, after the video, there has th there was actually a video from the young lady who tried to throw her boyfriend under the bus by saying that he's a racist and she let his ways uh, take over her. And, you know, she's sorry. Don't report this to her school because she made a mistake. You know, she was pleading for her pleading for her uh, high school life, you know, like like don't do this because she knew what was going to happen because the video went viral. I saw the video. Didn't look like she was brainwashed. Didn't look like she was forced. It just looked like she was having a good time. And I, and yeah, I, I don't think that they kind of understood or thought that their video would go viral, you know, because that's what racists do. They keep it in house. They keep it local. And then when they come out, they give everybody high fives and daps and say, hey, what's going on, brother? I'm not racist. I got friends that are black. But when they get behind what? closed doors... They show who they really are. Yeah. Unfortunately for them, their video went viral. Now, if you're making videos, you kind of want your videos to go viral, right? So you can become internet sensations and probably, you know, make millions of dollars, be famous. You want to go viral. Not this couple. I also want to understand what made them think that that was the cool. But you know what? Forget me trying to understand them. Why would I sit here and try to understand racist? I'd be a fool. Bottom line is, they thought that that was the hottest thing in the world. It'd be entertaining. And they got caught. I love it. I mean, the headlines say they got banned from school. But who knows who these kids' parents are? Who knows if their parents are going to have a talk with some people and get some things changed? Who knows if they're going to change their names, go under different identities, and still be able to finish school? These are white people who are crying out loud. They'll be able to survive this. It's not like this will, it's not like this will, you know, affect them for the rest of their lives. Cause once again, they were unknown kids. Now they're known now, but we'll forget about this. We'll forget yeah, about give it three days, yeah, give it three days. And we won't even know who these kids are. They can just sneakingly get back into school, graduate and go on to be whoever they want to be. But as of right now, they look like fools. But with that being said, you Two racist nincompoops. What the fuck is you doing? What is you proving? How racist and stupid you are. That's a fact. That's what you're proving. JJ Icefish body that fat. Fuck you. Alright. Body get up out of here, man. Episode 180. You got any uh anything you want to say wow. when you get out of here? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't have anything. Um, as per usual, it's a pleasure to stop by. Um 
don't know. Follow me on Twitter, vitamin underscore K-A-I. My name is Kayla, not Kyla. Um, follow me on Instagram, underscore, underscore, kilogram. And uh, you take it from there. That's it. All right. Y'all stay safe out there. Keep washing your hands, sneezing your elbows, social distancing, wear your mask. Do something to boost your, keep your immune, immune system boosted. Drink water. Stay active. Eat as best as you can. Mind your business. Stay away from fuck niggas. All that. What Kayla said. This is episode 180 of the podcast, brothers, man. Peace out. Bye.